internal microphone. So, welcome once again, anybody who uh, may have missed the audio on the first couple of minutes of this video. Um, we may edit that out if it proves that that was uh, muted the whole time and it, and it seems like it was. Um, uh, welcome once again to episode one of Wake, uh, Baked and Awake, <laughs> uh, a uh, YouTube show and soon to be podcast where we're going to discuss uh, cannabis culture, cannabis lifestyles uh, with a uh, sort of focus on uh, our area here, which is the Pacific Northwest. Um, I'm joining you this afternoon uh, from my home uh, upstairs, uh, ad hoc studio, uh, and uh, here in uh, South Seattle area. Um, we are listening to a little uh, chill wind chime music in the background, and you're getting the additional wind of my box fan that's up here in the, uh, in the shop, uh, in the office room with me here. Uh, because it's, uh, you know, another 85-plus degree uh, summer afternoon here in Seattle right now. Um, you know, since we're restarting uh, sort of briefly on the audio, uh, might as well uh, just take one moment and acknowledge, too, that uh, British Columbia is going through uh, enormous wildfire situation right now. We're dealing with uh, quite a bit of the uh, secondary smoke uh, from those wildfires. Uh, BC friends, I want to, uh, you know, wish you all the best, and I hope that, uh, you know, we see some progress on containment for these wildfires very soon. Uh, maybe some rain, that would be wonderful. Uh, I think that would go a long, long way towards uh, clearing all our skies around here if we're experiencing what we're dealing with down here in, in our part of the region with heavy, heavy smoke for the last uh, about week now, solid, um, crazy, beautiful sunsets and uh, moonrises and and moon, uh, you know, uh, photography happening uh, right now. But uh, boy, at the cost of, you know, more than a few of us complaining about, um, you know, sort of feeling feeling it. Uh, so you know, if we're inhaling the smoke down here, uh, man, Canada, sorry, you guys. Uh, let's let's hope for some rain and uh, you know look forward to that and look forward to uh, these wildfires getting curtailed and getting back to some clear skies um, around here. Uh, so at any rate, uh, it's about 4.30 p.m. We are uh, about 10 minutes into hanging out together. Uh, as I said, we had a little bit of an audio uh, glitch there in terms of, um, you know, I had an input switched on my microphone, um, trying to uh, pilot some uh, new hardware, including some uh, recording uh, software for the uh, podcast. And it may be that that doesn't come together uh, the way I wanted it to for tonight, in which case, you know, the YouTube audio and, and video may stand on its own for now. Maybe there's a way for me to pull that down and, um, you know, pull that into an audio recording uh, after the fact anyway. In fact, I'm pretty confident there is. So um, maybe I shouldn't, you know, uh, give up all hope on, on that just yet. Um, we uh, did do a uh, 420 uh, dab uh, <laughs> uh, about 10 minutes ago, and uh, it was just a baby one, so maybe we'll do another one in just a moment here and sort of uh, talk briefly about uh, dab temperature and, you know, how you can uh, possibly, if you're, you know, a little newer to dabbing, uh, a little newer to the uh, oils and concentrates, whether those are, um, you know, the BHO persuasion, whether they are the uh, CO2 persuasion, whether they are a uh, solventless uh, resin or uh, a hash type, uh, enhanced hash type product, um, uh, some of the melts uh, and things that uh, are, you know, more premium uh, products, uh, even crystalline products, THCA, interesting stuff. Uh, all these things can be vaporized, uh, or as we commonly refer to it, dab. Uh, and, uh, you know, not just the dabbing, uh, we're, you know, talking about uh, a, a form of vaporizing uh, your cannabis oils uh, that allows, uh, and, and this is, again, just recapping, uh, probably a good opportunity to, to um, mention this. Uh, my understanding of the origin of uh, dabbing and, and vaporizers uh, in the form that we see them today, that's like the torch, the e-nail, uh, in whatever form, is uh, was originally for some of the sickest patients, patients who couldn't smoke blunts, couldn't smoke six joints a day, uh, you know, you know, could only sit up for a, f a few minutes at a time, what it might, whatever it might be, but who 
uh, did derive some benefit uh, from uh, their therapies uh, with cannabis, using cannabis, uh, that, you know, the, uh, the high concentration oils could be uh, dabbed uh, at a reasonable temperature, at a lower temperature. We're going to talk about uh, that and timing those dabs for lower temperature uh, the way we prefer to do it and, and not cough as much. Uh, not also not have to take 10 hits in a row because of the higher concentration of uh, THC and CBDs, other cannabinoids that are in, in the uh, oils, uh, that uh, this was an effective treatment for some of the, uh, some of the sickest patients. So, you know, uh, we, when we are enjoying uh, concentrates recreationally, uh, you know, or for that matter, obviously, for uh, any sort of uh, potential uh, therapeutic purpose uh you know do not need to suffer do not need to cough to get off as the old saying uh used to go uh at all uh you know this is something that uh we can learn and we can uh begin to do and and have a much you know chiller uh experience uh, literally uh with your uh concentrates than uh you know dabbing on a hot nail as they say so um what the heck um let's Take one more quick one and uh, show you how that works. And uh, where'd my little, there we go, my window go. Um, it's kind of funny having to, you know, run your own operation here as you do this. I guess everybody goes through their, uh, you know, growing pains figuring out how how to operate their computer and run their broadcast at the same time, the actual production, if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, I've got some notes here today. I've got a great, uh, super interesting uh, PDF document that I found on the web uh, in my research that uh, is really like a, probably the most comprehensive uh, written out timeline of the, uh, the history of the use and cultivation of cannabis and hemp. Uh, by people, by civilization. So um, fun stuff and, uh, you know, a bunch of other fun stuff that we're going to cover as well uh, here. But uh, a quick low temp dab, going to look a little bit like this. Um, so I guess probably the audio of uh, me talking out my friend Steve's lovely little custom glass bong water pipe uh, here uh, is uh, sort of a fun banana slug uh, shaped head, if, if I may. Uh, Steve made this as a, a prototype to test a cool uh, sort of uh, vortex that he's shooting for with the uh, bubbles, uh, you know, with the, the way the water is going to move uh, through the pipe um, and cool the smoke, cool the actually vapor, as we said, because we're going to vaporize, not burn, not combust this. Uh, here today um, and, uh, you know, give us a nice, uh, pleasant hit. Uh, thank you for that uh, lovely piece, Steve, and for the quartz uh, bowl as well. Steve got me off the, uh, you know, older piece that I've been working on, uh, working with for several years here, um, just, uh, you know, a month or so back. So um, stoked and super enjoying this piece so far. So let's see, I think I can lose these headphones because... We're not actually using the mic that I was going to use. It's lovely. It's lovely. We got, we're going to have it very soon. It's going to be great. We're going to have good quality audio here very shortly. Uh, I just need to work with my, my settings a little bit um, on that cool mixer I got. But um, we're playing with it. We're, we're figuring it out. Use a big old blow torch, propane torch here. Most people use propane or butane. Um, you know, are they using email? And those are great. Um, I don't know how my voice is coming over on that mic uh, while the torch is going, so uh, pardon me for just a moment.
Okay, you probably can't see it on camera uh, here in this light, but you know, I got the bottom of the bowl glowing just a little bit. Um, and I'm going to talk through it right now, but you know, you're looking for about 45 seconds, 40 to 45 seconds, let that thing cool down. Most bowls, okay, every bowl is different. You'll know your bowl after a little while. Uh, or your nail, as they're often referred to when we're talking about these, and I think it might just be with the with the titanium uh, pieces that we call them nails or the e nails. Um, after about 40, 45 seconds, you'll still have more than sufficient heat to vaporize this dab now, and you'll get a nice dab. You'll get a more flavorful dab, uh, most folks feel, and uh, you're probably not going to cough at all. So, um, you know, it may not go without saying, uh, you know, everything I have here on the show that you're that you're seeing, you know, I've obtained legally. This is obviously a show for adults. And I assume if you're here spending time on YouTube watching a, a show about cannabis lifestyles and culture, you're, you know, probably a consenting adult who's probably already doing this stuff and, and using it in your life. And uh, if if so, I applaud you. I thank you for finding us. I thank you for hanging out with uh, me and, you know, spending some time Um you know, uh, checking out, you know, and, 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 and joining me in normalizing, uh, you know, uh, responsible cannabis use. Uh, and on that note, you know, what we, what we have here today, what we went ahead and, uh, dab just now is, um, lab mechanics and we smoked there vaporized, <laughs> keep doing it, but vaporized seriously. Um, you'll notice no real, you know, need to cough. I, I might, I might want to do a little <laughs> to clear, you know, just for the heck of it, but it's not, you know, I certainly wasn't torn up by that dab. Uh, this is their Skywalker OG. Um, not bad, you know, um, if anything, my only point of feedback would be this stuff. Uh, if anything tastes a little greener or a little more cellulose than some other, uh, oils that, um, I've tried, uh, of late and that I tend to maybe favor, uh, flavor profile wise, but, um, you know, I would say that that could just as much be a difference in styles and approach. Uh, you know, I don't know what their, uh, extractors, you know, philosophy and, and feel on this is maybe they're exploring that end of the spectrum terps wise and plant flavor wise, uh, cannabinoid wise, uh, you know, in, in this, um, you know, or maybe some of their other products are a little different than this. So we'll maybe try them again in the future. Um, but yeah, you know, whenever I uh, show you stuff like this that we smoke, you know, uh, we bought it at the local store. Uh, that's how we're going to do it here on this show for the most part. Um, you know, and if it, if it doesn't come from the store, then, you know, maybe it didn't come from the store, but we're not going to, you know, make a big deal about that either. And obviously not here to, uh, you know, get ourselves or anybody else in trouble. And we are trying to be responsible users, um, you know, here in, in this, um, you know, uh, tenuous, uh, piece we have with the, uh, powers that be in the world there, you know, allowing us this experiment here in the Pacific Northwest. And as far as the, you know, uh, show, uh, goes here for, you know, the large part, we're going to, you know, uh, participate in that, uh, forthrightly. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, uh, what that means is we buy this stuff. We don't get it given to us, really. It's not uh, coming for free, and uh, we're not being paid to, uh, you know, tell you who it was or where we got it. Uh, we got this at Skyway Have a Heart, by the way, one of my local shops. Uh, love that shop. Great shop. Uh, Skyway Have a Heart. You guys take great care of your folks, and thank you. Always appreciate you guys. Um, so that was fun stuff. Uh, that was the Skywalker OG. So uh, cool strength. And that's a low temp dab. So, you know, heat up your nail to the to the point where you know it's hot. It's usually when it starts glowing on some level. Um, you know, I see people go shorter 
than I just did by all means on the heating uh, and, you know, with no real detrimental effects is, you know, the only risk at some point is if you really don't heat it up enough, then, you don't you know, you lose a little bit of a hit sometimes. It doesn't fully cook off um, and you want to, you know, probably with, with your torch the next time or clear that with some um, alcohol out of your off of your nail with Q-tip uh, before you uh, take that next hit to, you know, to preserve a clean hit next time around as well. But, you know, you probably use a little bit more heat that time or, or count down a little bit shorter countdown on your cool down uh, that next time. But, uh, you know, with very little experimentation, you'll get to know your bowl and uh, you'll be, you know, if you're currently having trouble with uh, coughing at all and not enjoying uh, your dabs as much as you would really like to, um, without having to go through it, uh, then, you know, hey, by all means, take that temp down. Uh, cool. Okay, so uh, jumping into some fun uh, history of the plant. And this I found at a really cool website um, that is defunct. I don't know what the heck. All right, so I don't know who these guys are. And if we can figure out who they are, or if I can find where they've moved to, I will uh, try to share that as well. I'll share the only URL that I have uh, for them, which was rediscoverhemp.com. And uh, these guys have a just the most detailed history of um, hemp and cannabis usage. And, and to recap, you know, we were going to talk about that today. Um, um, we were actually going to, uh, before we even got into that, uh, do a little, you know, host intro stuff and talk uh, briefly about uh, the baked side of things, uh, besides just low temperature dabs, but, uh, you know, what is this, uh, I-502 stuff I was yammering on about in the, uh, last couple of test episodes and, uh, you know, what, what, uh, I plan to do, you know, on that side in terms of, uh, chat here. Um, you know, what are we going to try to bring to the table for you guys? Uh, so, you know, I'm Steve Kaminsky. Um, I'm here in South Seattle. I uh, have been involved in I-502 on and off since close to the beginning uh, of the uh, legal stores coming online. Um, my uh, One of my old friends had a, a company that was involved in, uh, you know, that first wave of producers and processors that uh, got going here in Washington State. Um, that's Winter Life Cannabis, um, Evan and Charity Cox, uh, good folks. I uh, hope uh, you guys are doing well. Um, they're uh, still in the industry and, and in the area and make uh, a great line of uh, vegan edibles uh, and a number of other uh, cool products, pre-rolls and, and a number of other items. So uh, and they're available in a, in a bunch of shops here in Western Washington. Um, and uh, did some uh, purchasing and procurement for them and uh, also did some early sales for those folks um, and was involved in the in uh, the later stages of their application process and, uh, you know, the build out of uh, that business. Uh, and uh, that's where I originally started uh, not having worked in cannabis prior to that. Um, I am a, uh, you know, lifelong adult uh, daily user of cannabis. Um, I wouldn't call it a, uh, you know, uh, medical primary uh, sort of uh, overarching use, although I imagine anything that somebody uses habitually for uh, decades at a time, uh, you know, on some level that person considers it pretty important, uh, kind of right up there with coffee and right up there with, uh, you know, uh, a cold beer at the end of a hard day's work. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I value highly. Um, in my life and uh, probably do use it to manage some, uh, you know, aches and pains. You know, those who know me know I've fallen down a lot over my life uh, up to this point in time to uh, put it mildly. Uh, and uh, so have, you know, some accumulated bumps and bruises from, from that. Um, so uh, at any rate, um, in addition uh, to working for winter life early on, um, I have done some uh, other sales uh, here and there and been involved in the local uh, cannabis community, um, you know, ongoing uh, in particular since I-502 uh, became the rule of the law out here in Washington State. That is the name of our legal initiative that was passed here in, in Washington State back originally, I want to say in 2012, um, with the first stores opening going online in 2014, just about three years ago now. Um, and uh, 
also, uh, you know, whenever you hear us talk 502, 502, it has to do with, you know, our day-to-day uh, legal realm. Today, I work uh, in Tacoma uh, for a uh, newer uh, I-502 uh, Tier 2 producer, which is the middle-sized uh, producer uh, is, you know, uh, industry speak for uh, grower uh, or farm. Uh, we're an indoor garden and uh, I work for some great folks down in Tacoma. We will be uh, going to market, you know, this fall with our first crop and, you um, you know, you'll occasionally hear me mention those folks in passing and, you know, I'm mentioning them now in the spirit of transparency at the beginning of the show. Uh, you know, this is where I spend my time every day is, you know, looking at and dealing with, uh, you know, our legal weed industry and uh, helping, uh, you know, our uh, grow, get built out, uh, be successful and flourish. Um and, uh, you know, obviously get those, uh, get these folks, uh, get ourselves out on the shelves uh, in Western Washington. So, uh, you know, folks can try us out. Um, so uh, to that end, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time looking at and dealing with uh, our traceability systems, which is, you know, again, industry speak and jargon. And, and um, we're not going to spend a, a ton of time on that today. Traceability is the Washington state, uh, you know, mandated seed to sale uh, tracking system for the controlled substance that we're, you know, uh, working with. Uh, and uh, that has been an interesting and at times very challenging uh, framework to be, you know, uh, comfortable with and successful uh, with, uh, especially for newer uh, businesses getting started out. Uh, in the industry, but, uh, you know, folks aren't letting it stop them. They're doing, uh, you know, great work here in uh, Washington state. And, uh, you know, it certainly hasn't uh, slowed down business very much at all. Um, and uh, in fact, you may uh, be interested to hear just a few little highlights that we can share. Um, this is public fun public information that's not only, uh, you know, passingly interesting uh, to most folks, uh, if not outright uh, astonishing, um, but uh, very obviously uh, useful uh, info to uh, those of us who uh, work in the industry. Uh, when you look at 502data.com, just looking at some top level overview statistics, Washington State has presently 424 retail shops online uh, and doing business in the state. And they are serviced by 1,229 producers and processors. And uh, processors being distinct from producers uh, in so far as they take the raw flower product, uh, again, you know, cannabis buds are referred, you know, these days around here in the industry as flour, uh, most of the time by most of us. Uh, you turn that flour into pre-rolled joints, you turn that flour into edibles, you turn that flour into cannabis oils, you turn that flour into, you know, any uh, iterated product that's built up and packaged up, uh, you know, um, in any way uh, beyond, you know, weighing it out in bags and putting a label on it and, and selling it as flour, I, it, you, you need a, a processor license in addition to your producer license. And um, many processors are processors as a standalone license, in which case they rely on other producers to supply them with the raw flour product that they need to make their products. So, uh, you know, looking at a couple of fun, uh, you know, uh, wild sounding numbers right here we've got uh you know a top level number for uh the system i want to say since it's gone live of marijuana tax revenue dollars of 401 million 194,378 dollars uh sales purchased by consumers again this is according to 502data.com Purchased by consumers at the counter, I assume, is two billion one hundred forty-four million three hundred forty-six thousand two hundred and seven dollars. Sales tax generated from those sales, and this is interesting to me, is it looks like a slightly lower number than I would have 
thought it would be, but I, I think they've got plenty of other taxes here that we've, you know, that we're not seeing represented in this number here, but the sales tax generated is 192,991,159. When we look at a little different way of looking at things, looking at retailers, let's stay on that overview tab. There's one more little zone that's really interesting. on this overview tab and then maybe we'll leave it at that for today until we actually come back and revisit 502 numbers really with a little bit more serious of a treatment but um, we have a total of marijuana retail sales all right so there's here's some numbers that are little summary numbers run-ups from 2014 2015 2016 so we won't see you know any of this year represented yet we're in july of 2017 right now um and 2014 of course wasn't a full year of 710 we celebrate around here july 10th as the first day the first retail shops opened up in 2014. um and at the time there was only you know not as many as the 424 that we have now i think the first few months we had 50 to 60 dealers open um in the first four or five months and then you know by about six months uh and we were verging on getting closer to 100 dealers um but uh, not a lot more than that in the first year or so um uh, we had uh retail sales of 31 million dollars in 2014 um before the end of the year uh processors sold 16 million dollars to to retailers and producers sold three million dollars uh to processors uh, it, it, it is one way of, uh, uh, looking at this, um, uh, or, or to retailers as well in the case that the producer was also a processor and they could sell directly to the retail store. We'll talk about how that kind of stuff works as well in future episodes. Um, 2015 retail sales of 323 million. So a full year in 2015. And we see, you know, we have a lot more stores open by then, and and we see an amazing market uh, beginning to flourish. $148 million in processor sales, and in 2015, producers uh, posted $15 million in sales. Um, During all of 2014 and 2015, all producers and processors were dealing with some kind of double dipping on the taxation front as well, which uh, is interesting and and an interesting story in itself. Resolved now. Um, 2016. So retail, marijuana retail sales in 2016, $696 million. Processor sales, $362 million. Producer sales, $51 million. Total sales in 2016, one point. One zero nine billion dollars. There's an M next to this, uh, but that's yeah. Well, it's one thousand one hundred and nine million, which is one point one billion. So, uh, marijuana retail sales total over those three years one point zero five billion dollars. Processor sales, $525 million. Producer sales, $69 million. So uh, for a total of $1.64 billion in total sales um, since this market opened. So it's interesting because that's apparently a slightly different you know, number than that top line purchased by consumers number. But obviously this is after things like those sales tax came out and things like the, well, maybe not after the sales tax came out on this line, the way this was expressed, but all right, enough numbers for you, for, for now, you guys, the point is, is Washingtonians love their pot. We're selling a lot of it. The market graph is a a wedge shooting up from nothing up every single month since this market has opened. And while there is some projected flattening over the next few years uh, that, you know, it, it still doesn't represent overall lack of growth at all. It's just simply going to, you know, 
the level of adoption has been great from the get-go and will continue to, to be that. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully what we see here is something that is the type of numbers that really represent an industry that's going nowhere. These numbers are similar in most, if not all of the other markets where we've seen versions of uh, legal, uh, recreational or medical programs, uh, you know, get, uh, green lighted <laughs> and, uh, implemented. So, um, 502data.com. I will obviously include them in the show notes. I have an updated show notes, um, you know, different than the one that uh, is below the YouTube pane as of this broadcast. And I'm working off them as we go through the show today. So I will post them at the end of the show. You can go here and check out these numbers and a lot more anytime you want, including your favorite companies and how they're doing and how they've been doing. Um, it's, it's cool stuff. So um, I do notice I log in to 502data.com, but I think anybody can get access to that data if they want to look at it. So uh, at any rate, so that's a little bit of I-502 talk. Enough about that for now. Um, and since I went a little longer with that, I'm going to uh, set my strain cards aside for a few minutes. We're going to jump right into the... Uh, rediscoverhemp.com legacy PDF document for their missing website um, that is going to help us uh, talk about the first uh, few thousand years of uh, hemp cultivation. Um, And this is such a long and detailed doc that we're not even going to get through, uh, you know, remotely all of it today. We're going to get through a couple pages of it and uh, we're going to stop and expand on one or two interesting uh, things that um, we see here. Uh, at least interesting to me that I hope uh, you'll find interesting as well um, and maybe give us uh, some potential homework. So uh, we have uh, here at the top a 10,000 year history of cannabis and hemp use and influence. And I couldn't state this much better than these folks for you today. Um, A lot of this information is information I've read before in other places um, and they've done pretty darn good job here of, um, you know, covering most of the ins and outs, although they'll tell you right up top that it's not intended to be a comprehensive uh, list or one that doesn't bear continual improvement. Wouldn't benefit from it. So hemp, cannabis sativa L, is a very odd plant that has been in continual use by human civilization since at least the invention of pottery around 10,000 years ago. One of the oldest known artifacts of early human prehistory is a small piece of hemp fabric that amazingly survived over 8,000 years of weathering. A true testament to just how important this plant has been, not to mention its durability. This timeline has been compiled from various books news articles and websites, most which are noted in the reference section at the end of this document. And I, of course, will share this document um, or a a link to uh, an accessible version of this document, uh, although I'm pretty sure you can also get at this uh, with, uh, you know, pretty short Google search as well. Um, But uh, this timeline is not meant to be nor promised to be complete and or 100% accurate account of the history of hemp. It is a compilation of what we found regarding hemp history. We put it together in this document for reference and to inspire others to search for and discover the truth. So I've definitely heard this before, uh, but this is uh, pretty cool, folks. Hemp dates back almost 10,000 years uh, in its association with uh, human, human, humans, humans, <laughs> Uh, and uh, here we see the uh, first entry in the timeline is 8,000 plus BCE. I believe BCE is before the Common Era. Yeah, 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 Common Era. Use of hemp cord in pottery identified at ancient village site dating back over 10,000 years, located in the area of modern-day Taiwan. Finding hemp use and cultivation in this date range puts it as one of the first and oldest known human agriculture crops. Uh, 
and I believe this timeline makes mention of this, but um, some folks will remember Carl Sagan alluding to this very uh, a while back in the late 70s or early 80s. As explained by Richard Hamilton in the 2009 Scientific American article on sustainable agriculture, modern humans emerged some 250,000 years ago, yet agriculture is a fairly recent invention, only about 10,000 years old. Agriculture is not natural. It is a human invention. It is also the basis of modern civilization. So here's the part about Carl Sagan. And of course, that's yes. Um, the, this point was also touched on by Carl Sagan in 1977 when he proposed the possibility that marijuana may have actually been the world's first agricultural crop, leading to the development of civilization itself. Um, and they have a note below on that. Uh, I also want to say that uh, uh, Terrence McKenna, possibly, maybe Dennis McKenna, his brother, um, and or some other... Uh, uh, scientists, uh, I can look for the reference to the book about uh, the mushroom and the Holy Cross, I think might be its title. Uh, forgive me if I uh, just uh, butchered that. We'll get a correct link uh, to that book uh, up. But uh, uh, some folks think that the Amanita muscaria uh, and or uh, the psilocybin uh, psilocybe uh, mushrooms that were found, uh, you know, uh, in close association with uh, grazing animals that were also uh, close to uh, human settlements early on, maybe predating even um, agriculture, may have led down this path. You know, formal agriculture, obviously, that's more foraging. Um, but um, uh, cool stuff. So that's the earliest uh, known uh, reference. Uh, we jump forward a couple thousand years to 6,000 BCE, uh, and cannabis seeds and oil uh, were apparently noted as being used for food in China. And um, there's some interesting stuff there, in my opinion, in that, uh, you know, we, we lack the ability uh, uh, for most folks as recreational uh, patients here in Washington to, for example, home grow, uh, you know, backyard uh, type quantities of even lower grade, lower THC, uh, you know, outdoor, uh, you know, um, uh, shade tree gardener level uh, cannabis that might be very suitable for, for, for use in foods, you know, use in uh, at the table um, for its nutritional value. Uh, I want to say that cannabis has some antioxidant characteristics when eaten as the whole plant and as the raw plant, the fresh uh, 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 plant material. Uh, the hemp seeds and hemp hearts are a product that uh, is available as a food product that uh, has some uh, great fiber and great uh, healthy fats and, and other uh, cool sort of uh, health benefits, neat uh, tasting, very nutty uh, tasting um, product, hemp hearts are. Um, and maybe they were eating something resembling uh, some of that back in that time. Um, I think it'd be cool for us to continue to try to find, you know, ways to use hemp as food uh, in our modern diet uh, today. Uh, so uh, jump forward another couple thousand years and uh, we're looking at 4000 BCE textiles made of hemp used in China and Turkestan. Um, not sure where Turkestan is, Turkey. Afghanistan, we'll have to check that out. Um, 2737 BCE, first recorded. So as the numbers go down, we're getting you know closer to our modern time, obviously. 2737 BCE, uh, first recorded use of cannabis as medicine by Emperor Shen Neng of China. Jump forward almost a thousand years to uh, period of 2000 to 800 BCE. And this is one that, that I thought was cool and that I, this, here's the homework for us all. Um, Bong, B-H-A-N-G. I want to say most folks are pronouncing this bong, not bang, but bong. Uh, in parentheses, dried cannabis leaves, seeds, and stems is mentioned in the Hindu sacred text Atharvaveda, 
science of charms as quote sacred grass one of the five sacred plants of india it is used by medicinally and ritually as an offering to shiva uh so popping out for a second to look more closely at bong i found a interesting article by vice.com um, I'll put that in the show notes and it's well written and uh, is definitely a little bit cautionary for us all. Um, you know, it definitely points out that you can take this too far if you get um, carried away. And anyone who's had some experience with edibles uh, will agree with me here uh, that, you know, it is very possible to, uh, you know, send yourself on an uncomfortable and long lasting uh, journey. Uh, with the plant, uh, if you overdo it on your edibles. So, uh, you know, if you are checking out, um, bong recipes after, uh, watching this episode, uh, and doing a little research online about this, uh, I'm certainly going to check it out and, and I want to try it. I want to try making some at some point in time. I'm not sure when or how I'll get my hands on enough fresh, uh, flower, you know, and leaves to do it. Um, but we'll, you know, that's a problem for future Steve, um, uh, but uh, I'm going to make a, a mild one. So, uh, But uh, looking at Wikipedia's definition, they say here, bong is an edible preparation of cannabis. It was used in food and drink as early as 2000 BC in the Indian subcontinent. Bong in India and Nepal is distributed during some Hindu festivals like Holi, Jamashtami, Shivratri, and consuming bong at such occasions is common. Uh, so they have, uh, you know, quite a bit more to say about this. Uh, there's a podcast I listened to not that long ago um, as well, and it might have been the Dude Grows podcast. Uh, I'm setting myself up for a little more extra homework here, but I'll try to find, um, you know, in my listening history, which one it was where the guys uh, not only made it, but they tried it on the podcast. Uh, they enjoyed it. I don't think they overdid it too bad. I know they got pretty uh, affected by it, but not uh, nobody seemed to uh, get uh, you know overwhelmed by it uh, in in that particular uh, group or party uh, that was checking it out. Um, I think it was the Dude Grows guys. Um, I'm not gonna uh, you know bother us by uh, looking that up right now, but. This looks like a fun drink. They said it was delicious. It sounds like coconut milk and cinnamon and cardamom and maybe a little nutmeg. Uh, don't overdo the nutmeg if, like me, you're at all allergic to it. Um, that stuff will make you very itchy. Um, I'm interested. I think it sounds like a, a really cool beverage. It sounds like people do use it in the modern era uh you know at a at a more low-key and recreational uh level uh and you know maybe you uh drink an appropriately less potent rendition of this than maybe folks might uh you know in the native cultures where it has come from and and where they maybe use it more as their everyday and, and in some cases only means of consuming cannabis you know here we are smoking joints and ripping bong hits and taking dads and, you know, eating lozenges and just doing whatever we want over here. So, you know, maybe we just don't need the world's strongest bomb. We just want to get a little bit of that, that flavor. Uh, I know for me, that certainly would make me really happy to try a version of that, uh, you know, uh, refreshing sounding uh, cannabis milkshake type drink. So um, the uh, Vice article's really colorful. Check it out um, as well. Vice.com's article. And uh, yeah, bomb. So there we go. Cool stuff. Um, all right. So 1500 BCE, uh, cannabis cultivated in China for food and fiber here again. Scythians cultivate cannabis and use it to weave fine hemp cloth. Uh, let's see what page have we made it to. We are yeah, just coming down to page two. And, and as I said, this is, we're going to have to serialize this list, you guys. This is no joke. This is a 16-page 
uh, history. And, you know, we haven't remotely gotten to the, uh, I think you, you need to get to about page eight before we get to beginning to get to the modern era and the prohibition. So, uh, but I think this is uh, cool history and, and important for us all to remember how long our association with this plant goes back. Uh, and uh, especially considering I have about three viewers right now i'm just going to take my time and we're going to read this uh and if it takes us three episodes to get through it then you know that's great we'll get through it and we'll all know a whole lot more about uh the cannabis history timeline by the time we get to the bottom of it um maybe we'll have tried some uh new and interesting uh concoctions along the way as well um Let's see here. So 700 to 600 BCE, and I'm going to try to multitask a little bit here. We're going to see if we can sneak in one more dab here. They brought these back, you know, New York seltzers. Not bad. This one's root beer soda. I was going to do a LaCroix, but I wanted the flavor. Oh, that's good. So, 700-600 BCE, the Zoroastrian Zendavesta, an ancient Persian religious text of several hundred volumes, refers to bong, our new favorite drink we've never tried, as, quote, the good narcotic. In 600 BCE, hemp rope appears in southern Russia. Okay, industrial hemp, 600 BCE. Um, then we can probably consider the food use you know, semi-industrial, maybe not industrial, but, you know, not uh, not exotic, not uh, recreational at all, Nutri you know, nutrition. Um, interesting to me. Uh, 700 to 300 BCE. Scythian tribes leave cannabis seeds as offerings in royal tombs. Five hundred BCE, Scythian couple die and are buried with two small tents covering containers for burning incense. Attached to one tent stick was a decorated leather pouch containing wild cannabis seeds. This closely matches the stories told by Herodotus. The gravesite, discovered in the late 1940s, was in Pazrik, northwest of the Tian Shan Mountains, in modern-day Kazakhstan. Hemp is introduced into Northern Europe by the Scythians. An urn containing leaves and seeds of the cannabis plant unearthed near Berlin is found and dated to about this time. Use of hemp products spread throughout Northern Europe. So maybe you can hear me tell you this. Maybe I'll move this this way a little bit. I try to keep my face going this way. But um, people get scared of dabs too because they're 70, 80% THC a lot of the time. And folks are like, oh, I don't, you know, I'll smoke a blunt, but I'm not messing with those dabs. I don't do that stuff, man. It knocks me on my ass. Uh, you know, like anything, like, you know, your first giant bong rip, uh, you know, out of an oversized, you know, um, high school buddy's basement setup, uh, you know, you can take too big of a dab. Yeah. You know, these big globby giant dabs that some of these guys on Instagram and stuff are doing, they look great. I don't have the budget or the amount of oil to go through ridiculous, gigantic dabs like that, um, you know, and I don't have the tolerance personally either um i smoke a lot i smoke basically every day but i smoke a little bit at a time including when i dab um you know uh, if not micro dosing you know lower level dosing um because obviously i have stuff to do um and i'm not trying to get debilitated uh and you can always do a little more if you need a little more, right? So dabs, if you're intimidated by them at all, take a tiny dab. It's great. You just have to smoke less, you know? It's awesome. You can take several of them. 
All right. So let's see here. All right, we'll go just a little bit further and then we'll get ready to wrap it up here. 518 right now. So, you know, we restarted kind of at 430. Uh, we will try to pull this audio down into uh, the podcast and turn this into a uh, rough podcast official episode one. Um, but, uh, you know, give me give me the evening on that uh, to work on that. Um, and. Uh, yeah, just a couple last uh, notes for, you know, this afternoon on uh, this history timeline and we'll take note of where we finished and uh, go from there for next time. So, in 430 BCE, Herodotus reports on both ritual and recreational use of cannabis, again, by the Scythians. Herodotus, the Histories, 430 BC, translation by G. Rawlinson is cited here. So, for those who really want to get down to the original root. 200 BCE. Hemp rope appears in Greece. The Chinese Book of Rites mentions hemp fabric. In 100 BCE, we have the first evidence of hemp paper, evidently invented in China. 